You're listening to Drones in America on Market Scale. Your host, Grant Guillot, leads the Unmanned Aircraft Systems Practice Team for the law firm of Adams & Reese. Every week, he will be chatting with leaders, influencers, and experts who are impacting the rapidly growing commercial drone industry in the United States to help us through the complex web of technology and policy. Welcome to Drones in America by MarketScale. I'm your host, Grant Guiot, leader of the Unmanned Aircraft Systems Practice Team with the regional law firm of Adams & Reese. In this week's episode, we are joined by Frank Seguera, founder and CEO of Connexacore. Connexacore is a nationwide UAV drone solutions provider specializing in aerial data collection, image and video analysis, surveying, and geospatial mapping services. Frank, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Grant. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our discussion. So tell me a little bit, you had a really interesting background in how you got involved in technology in general. And, you know, without throwing you under the bus, there there may or may not even have been some legal issues involved that, of course, uh, didn't turn out to amount to anything. But but regardless, it's funny. It's a funny story the way you tell it. So do you mind giving us a background on how you got started as a radio hobbyist? Sure, sure. Uh, and that's a great question because I tell this uh, story quite often and uh, I get a lot of chuckles out of it. Um, so I, I've always been an inquisitive kid uh, when I was younger. I grew up in a, uh, a household where my father was gone before I was uh, a teenager. Um, and I started to experiment in CB radios. Uh, I grew up in the early 70s. Uh, CB radios were really in. Uh, we were not a um, poor family, but we didn't have a lot of money. And I really wanted a CB radio, so I ended up getting a CB radio for Christmas. It was a mobile radio, and I was thankful as all hell because my mom was able to, you know, raise enough money to get this uh, high-technology device, which at the time was high-technology, but in retrospect, really wasn't. Um, so I started using the CB radio, and I really enjoyed uh, just the transmission, the broadcasting, you know, I had a, um, uh, I, my handle was Yogi Bear on the radio, so it was really cool. But we lived in kind of a congested area of the city, and there were areas where they couldn't hear me. So I did some research on how to tweak the electronics in the CB radio uh, to the point where I had more of a transmitter uh, power base to get further out. Um, well, as I got further into, you know, researching that technology, um, I got the CB radio up to, you know, what they call ham radio standards, where I was able to get so much boost out of the CB that I was uh, talking what they call skip radio uh, in CB land, where, you know, every, every now and then a regular CB radio will get into a skip from a sunspot. But instead of me getting a skip from a sunspot and then bouncing my signal to another area of the county, state, or country, um, I was doing it because I was boosting up the power on the CB. So 
I was actually talking to Australia, I was talking to the Philippines, people in the Caribbean, and they would send me all sorts of postcards saying, hey, we made a connection with this uh, ham radio operator in New Jersey, and the reality was uh, it was very illegal. Um, you weren't allowed to you know, tamper with the transmission on a CB radio, uh, let alone any type of transmission. Uh, without a special FCC license and there's um, a lot of implications. So after several months of doing this, um, we get a knock on the door at my home and my mom answers the door and it was the FAA. How old were you at the time, Frank? Oh gosh, I had to be 11 years old. Wow. It was the FAA and FCC um, uh, agent. And they wanted to find out who this um, Yogi Bear with certain call letters was. So my mom said, you sure you want to talk to him? And they said, we absolutely have it. You know, we're here to talk to him. There's some illegal activities going on. So my mom calls me out of my bedroom. And here I show up at the door. And I'm this uh, chubby 11-year-old uh, kid. I'm not even a teenager yet. And they said, are you Frank Segarra? And I said, yes. And are your call letters this? And I said, yes. And they were hysterical. They said, oh my God, how in the world have you been communicating to all these different locations? They must have thought you were a spy or something. It could have been anything. This was in the 70s, so there was a lot going on. Um, so I took them in my bedroom and showed them my whole ham radio or CB radio setup. And I was actually in the process of tinkering with another device uh, to minimize some hum that I was getting because I was getting so much amplification that uh, I was creating a little bit of AC hum. So long story short, uh, the agents, they just gave me a warning. Um, we ended up keeping in touch with those agents for several years. And my stepfather had been in the Navy. Um, and between the agents and my stepfather, uh, they talked me into joining the Navy uh, just because of my background, you know, my, my ability to tinker around with a piece of electronics and actually get it to work uh, to do what I wanted it to do. And that's kind of what started off my, uh, my technology lifestyle. And the fact I was in the Navy on an aircraft carrier kind of kicked off how I got into aviation. So that's going to be my next question. How did all this kind of dovetail into your involvement with unmanned aircraft systems? Well, the funny thing is um, I was on an aircraft carrier with manned aircraft, and I was an electronic technician. I was uh, what they call an AQ-5 um, on that uh, aircraft carrier. So I was very involved in um, the um, radar and reconnaissance systems on the aircraft. So it, it always has been in my blood uh, to be involved in uh, aircraft. And once I got out of the Navy, besides wanting to play guitar, um, I, I always loved playing around with uh, remote control uh, airplanes and little rockets. I used to build these little rockets in my backyard. So I was very involved in that. And then obviously, um, as I got older, I decided to um, start working in the field of technology and my very first corporate job was in uh, video conferencing which gave us the ability to uh, do video in a conference room and speak to somebody somewhere else in the world with very high quality uh, that was kind of my my 
footstep into unmanned technology in a sense that um, you didn't have to be there live. You could be remote. Now, I kind of want to jump straight into a connection of all the great things Connexacore is doing. You know, I, I work with and deal with a lot of different companies in the commercial drone industry. And many of these companies specialize in one area, whether it be data collection, analytics, surveying, mapping, um, pilot networks, but you guys kind of do it all. And on top of that, you do training as well for companies and agencies that are looking to implement drone programs. Tell me a little bit about how Connexacore got started. Well, Connexacore, so I worked 16 years for that video software company uh, that I got the majority of my corporate experience with technology. Um, when I left the company after 16 years, and that's a, a funny story in itself, where the CEO told me on at a Christmas party that I was making more money than he was making and that salespeople should not make that kind of money. That had to hurt. Yeah, it really did hurt, and it was writing on the wall for me, and I decided to um, start my own business, and that business was Connexacore, and the um, basically the name Connexacore came from Connecting Core Technologies. So at the time, I was a consultant working with about um, 25 different technologies that were more in the uh, unified communication space. So unified communications being conferencing, being video, uh, being connectivity. But at that time, it was such a saturated market. I, I started for about a year. Uh, and then in 2016, uh, the, F the FAA loosened up regulations and created Part 107. And Part 107 now allowed um, pilots or people that flew drones uh, to be able to fly commercially and earn a living doing it. So I introduced drones into my portfolio of products and it turned out to be an explosion of interest. So some of my closest confidant uh, said to me that, you know what, Frank, you're in an industry that um, is exploding. You should abandon all those other uh, technologies that are just diluting the drone piece, which is really what seems to be everyone's passion, and you really seem to be very passionate. So once I did that, we reinvented Connexacore, uh, revamped the website, and really got focused on the technology and serving an industry. Now, our initial industry that we served was agriculture. Um, we got a strange call from a customer that wanted to do an agricultural survey uh, because some local farmers' cattle got loose and started to stampede all over their thousand acres wow. of, uh, of farmland. So the call we got was from an insurance adjuster. <laughs> um, and the insurance adjuster said, listen, we're having a difficult time uh, doing an adjustment on this uh, farm because it was, a, it was a crop that was high-value crop. Is there any way that you could fly a drone over the entire farm and identify, you know, three-dimensionally as well as thermographically how much actually got destroyed versus us guesstimating? So I said, you know what, I think we can do that. And we flew the drone over the farm. It was about a thousand acres. And we came back with some unbelievable um, images and orthomosaics and 3D models that we could calculate 
how much of the farm actually was damaged from the stampede. So we put together a, um, a quasi-report that was makeshift at the time. We ended up automating that process. But that insurance company, were they were grateful. And uh, they took that, and that kind of started our drone services uh, component of the business, and it kind of started in agriculture. You know, you brought up agriculture, and this kind of is a similar issue You've probably heard that we have a bee shortage in the United States. And actually, drones are being used to provide fertilization services that are pollination services that bees were typically responsible for. So never in a million years did people think that bees, that, that for, not to be cheeky, but that drones would be replaced by drones, you know, that you actually would have bees flying around and pollinating flowers. What are some of the most interesting uses for drones that you've seen? You know, it's funny because we keep using the term drones and a little background on that term. Uh, the term drone actually came from... Uh, bees and the sound that bees make uh, if you have a whole hive of bees uh, there's a certain sound that it makes uh, that is super super similar to the sound of a drone's propellers as they're spinning so uh, hence the word uh, or the term drone uh, became a term uh, with an unmanned aircraft but an unmanned aircraft is really part of a UAS system uh, UAS meaning unmanned aerial systems and UAV meaning unmanned aerial vehicle and that's the actual um, uh, vehicle itself the aircraft so that's where kind of the drone came into uh, into the mix but gosh in in today's technology uh, drone is kind of a partially artificial intelligence uh, partially robotics uh, partially uh, video conferencing, in fact, uh, all built into this single unit uh, that is now GPS uh, enabled. And you find all different industries, construction and engineering, energy, utilities, oil, gas, uh, roof inspections, railroad and transportation, insurance, agriculture, advertising, public safety, security. I mean, the list goes Delivery. on and on. Delivery of goods, too. I mean, it's just... Never, I think, in a million years did, you know, model aircraft users or, you know, the first users of unmanned aerial vehicles ever think that we would see this level of versatility of uses and services. And Conexacore is kind of able to participate in all these industries and perform all these functions, it looks like. So what industry are you guys working the most in right now? And I apologize because I did not answer your original question was, um, how did you end up serving so many industries? Well, I would say right now the industry that is um, the strongest industry for, for us uh, by proxy is uh, construction and engineering. Uh, we do a lot of work in construction and engineering uh, because uh, what a drone really does is, you know, it improves real-time monitoring. So a lot of um, drones will actually do real-time monitoring of job sites and a site supervisor may not have to 
uh, go out and inspect a job, you can do it with the drone and stream that video either in real time or send that video to them on a link, which believe it or not, with everything that's going on today with um, the coronavirus and SARS and terrorism, a lot of people are being strongly advised not to travel. So if you could get inspections done and you can use a drone that's on site to take care of some of these problems that are solved by drones, um, you're actually helping the situation out right now. Um, but yes, construction and engineering is very strong for us. But we got kind of forced into looking at other areas, other industries, because it was a natural fit. So in energy and utilities, we can do thermographic inspection uh, on cell phone towers, uh, on solar panel fields where we could see uh, solar panel arrays that are out of commission. Uh, and we can see those and create uh, reports out of those to stop those from spreading. Um, commercial roof inspections have taken it to a whole new level. So we said, you know what, instead of just being a drone service, uh, we prefer to be more of a end-to-end uh, -end solutions provider or what they would call in the old days um, systems integration expert. So we provide everything from the drone services to the data analytics to the full-blown tr training and consulting uh, to be able to bring organizations up to speed and get their own drone operations up and running legally and uh, be their advisors for, um, you know, are they using the right type of drone? Are they acquiring the right type of software? Are they getting a COA versus a Part 107? Uh, there are a lot of these components that um, a lot of operations such as public safety, uh, they need someone to uh, advise them. And we're finding that the training and consulting area of the space is actually exciting because you're you're basically taking a newbie uh, or somebody that might have had a little bit of information and you're able to train them and actually grow them into this business. And Frank, I'm glad you said that because that's such a big part of my day-to-day -day practice. I, I'm frequently working with end-user industries that are trying to incorporate drones and they don't know where to start. So if I am an end user or even a, a public safety agency, I catch wind of what drones are doing, how they're being used more and more, how they're saving lives, but I don't know the first place to start. What do I do? Exactly. Well, most people, you know, today um, very rarely use the yellow pages like we did years ago as, um, you know, in the 70s and 80s. Uh, most people today will go on Google and they'll type in uh, drone services or drone consulting or drone training. And that's kind of where they'll start. And where our experience really shows in the corporate world is most of, um, most of my team, uh, we have 25 plus years of experience uh, working not only in business process consulting, but in just giving a good old-fashioned presentation to a board of directors that are ultimately making that decision. Um, a lot of the drone companies that have uh, popped up over the last few years, um, they're technologically very savvy, um, but a lot of them don't really have a lot of uh, enterprise corporate experience, which might um, help better their business where we do. Um, 
and we often uh, look for veterans, we look for ex-law enforcement, we look for uh, first responders to be part of our team, um, but our core background is really in IT, uh, telecommunication, and project management. Uh, that's where we've uh, had the most experience, and that's what makes us um, a heavy draw to be able to go into all these different industries. And Frank, one of the great things about you guys is that you are a full-service turnkey shop. Um, we aren't able to go into detail on all the things you guys do today, such as analytics and ConnectCore Cloud. Um, but I do want to give you a, a couple minutes to at least brief those things, mention those things, and how they play a role in the complete package ConnectCore offers. Sure. Well, if you were to look at at the components of what do most clients that we're working with, what type of problems do they have? Um, some of the problems might be um, identifying trends that are good or bad. Um, the old-fashioned ways for boots on the ground, for measurements to be done uh, by hand or by laser transit. Um, today, we can identify those trends, good or bad, from a drone. Um, another area is mitigating dirty, dangerous, and dull jobs. Um, it's pretty dirty crawling up on a 100,000 square foot roof and looking for hail damage and putting chalk marks on it when we could survey that roof without putting a single uh, footprint on that roof. Um, or identifying hazards and enhancing safety before the uh, construction project even starts. We can identify those hazards and um, enhance the safety and create, you know, uh, certain types of um, uh, entrance and exit points on a brand new construction site. Um, think about communicating progress. Uh, there's a project manager associated with just about every single industry you can think of. If you could get that project manager the information faster, then that project manager can communicate that information to its stakeholders much quicker. Um, and then there's tracking of assets. Um, if you have assets that are either installed or sitting on the ground, you can track those assets, which ultimately improves the workflow, makes it more efficient. So if I were to talk about it at a high level, you know, the draw of drones is saving time and money. And companies use drones to save time, save money, boost safety, uh, because drones can go in places where humans uh, generally will find very risky. Absolutely. Well, Frank, we really appreciate you coming on the program. Connexacore is clearly a full package solution, and I wish you guys all the success and congratulations on all the success you've had so far. It seems like you guys are only poised to grow given that drones are increasingly being utilized and with recent developments and eased regulations and increased public acceptance are only going to help further increase drone use. So best of luck to you guys and I'd love to have you on the program again. Well, thank you, Grant. We'd love to be on the program again and we're excited to see what happens in the industry uh, moving forward. Great, thanks, Frank.